God, we've been trying so hard. And we've been doing the best we know how. But many of us get so tired and so drained. And only you know what's going on inside. So, Father, help us to rest this morning. Help us to learn about your rest. You knew this would happen even before it did. And you've already made provision for us. You've fed us on this medicine of immortality, this communion sacrament. Now feed us on your everlasting word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know all this year we're going through training for ministry because Christ said we're salt and light in the world and and if we're salt and light, then we probably ought to train to be the best salt, the most effective salt and light we can possibly be. And ministry takes place out there, not really in here. I mean, 95% of it does. So we've been saying, let's take a look at regular life and let's train people for regular life. And we've talked about what it means to minister in your family. We've talked about what it means to minister in your workplace then on to your friends, believing and non-believing and mixed, can't tell. <laughs> Last week we talked about what it meant to minister to your enemies. Now for the next few weeks we're going to talk about a whole new arena. One in which hopefully you spend some time. Leisure. Leisure activities. Now I don't know, it's, it's, we're, we come from such a Puritan stock that many Christians don't like to admit they have leisure. I hope that we can kind of loosen you up about that. That it's part of God's design that we would have leisure. And this morning we're going to talk about the general parameters, why God gave us leisure at all. And then, and then for the next four weeks, we're going to go into the, some of the major, uh, two of the major areas of leisure that we have, sports and entertainment. Um, and so, but let's just take a Let's take an overall view this morning, an overall perspective. If you can turn to uh, Genesis chapter 1, <clears throat> you will see the God in whose image we were made as he is working, creating the world. And the word as he is working is very important here because there are really two types of breaks that God wants us to take. One is little mini breaks while we're in the thick of things. And the other is globby, uh, scheduled times. Bigger, bigger uh, scheduled breaks. Let's talk about the first one first. I want you to see that God had little times of leisure even when he was making the world. Leisure is enjoyment and evaluation of what's going on. He'd make something, says in uh, chapter uh, verse 10, uh, chapter 1, God called the dry land earth and gathering the waters he called seas. And God saw it, it was good. See, just step back and goes, mm-hmm. Uh, that's good. <laughs> and then says the same thing in it, chapter 18. As after he, he places the sun and the, uh, the light, uh, it says, and God saw that it was good. I'm sorry, in verse 18. And then in verse 21, that it was good. In verse 20 time, 25, and God saw that it was good. Uh, in verse 31, and God saw all that he, was that he had made, and behold, it was very good. <laughs> in other words, God 
after he took his leisure in segments. I hope that all of us have parts of every day where we literally say to ourselves, soul, take your rest, place, King James says place, take your rest once more, oh my soul, because God's being good. I hope that there are times that you're going to step back and go, thanks, God. This is good. Thanks for these kids. Thanks for this bus. Thanks for this job. Thanks for this house. Thanks for that. Oh, that's good. Thanks for, thanks for, I like this shirt, Lord. Thanks for this shirt. I like, mm, that's good. I hope that there are times that every day, because you can't wait till the Sabbath to do that. You can't wait. You get in gratitude deprivation. You get in gratitude deficit if you wait till the Sabbath. You got to have that every day. And, and, and you're the only creatures that can do that. Becky and I watched a, uh, a film um, Friday Microcosmos. This is th- something probably only a biologist would enjoy, uh, or a biologist's husband while he's sitting with her. Uh, <laughs> but it's all about the small world of insects and creatures. And what a fascinating film. I mean, just you look at all these little bugs, and, and you just say, God, what an artist you are. I mean, they are absolutely gorgeous and fascinating. And, and it starts out, this deep voice says, In the small world, a day is like a season, and a season is a lifetime. And then, and then mostly it's just bugs kind of relating to one another. And, and it's just beautiful. But what strikes me is, these bugs have no idea how beautiful they are. I mean, you, you never see, you never see a ladybug go, is that cool? You never see it. You never see uh, 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 a, uh, a caterpillar, one of, these, one of these huge, ornate caterpillars go, look at this. Isn't this cool? They just, everything in their world is, is it going to eat me or not? <laughs> is, is, is it good to eat or not? And I, and I think, what, what a microscopic perspective they have. Oh, if they could only step back. And look and say, oh, this is beautiful. But they can't. You know what? I know a lot of people that never do that either. They go through their everyday life and they never know how wonderful it is. How beautiful the world. They just say, is it going to eat me or not? (laughs) Is it good to eat or not? I mean, that's basically how we go through our world. Is it going to overwhelm me? Should I fight? Should I go? Should I I run? Should I stop? And, and And you know what? That's because they haven't taken time to have that stepping back place of evaluation. You're the only creatures in the world that can do that. Bugs can't do it. Animals can't do it. Computers can't do it. People can do it. You're made in the image of God. And you can step back every day and say, oh, thank you. That's beautiful. What an artist you are. That's gorgeous. So God says, do that. And then he says, but there's also a globby time. There's a, there's a time that, that you need to have, and this is what some of you don't take, and I'm really going to get on you about this. Because by, the Bible says that God, look at in uh, Genesis 2, 2, it says this. It says, and by the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day, from all his work which he had done. Now, why would God rest? Was God tired? No. 
Did God need to rest? Really warm? That's, I was okay till the sixth day. Now I just need to take a break. No. God rested as a model for us so that we would understand that there comes a time when you take a break from the colossal work you're trying to accomplish. You see, in the Hebrew, the Hebrew word means intermission. It means, it means um, um, taking some time away from that task which you have been given to do. Now, that doesn't mean you don't do anything. I know people who say, Sabbath, that means, oh, I was a, we had Sabbath when we were strict about a Sabbath when I was a kid, and you just went home and went, and that's all you did. No, no. The Bible says God never slumbers or sleeps. And so God has always been, if God was ever, ever inactive, the whole world would, it would implode. He, he, he runs all the details. But what this means is he stopped doing for a piece of time colossal stuff. And he did what my grandfather used to call. I used to go down in my, in my grandfather's basement, and he'd be down there working wood. He loved just to make little stools or make little uh, gun racks. You know, we were a very violent family. No. <laughs> we're hunters, you know, and so make a gun rack. Ah. And, uh, but, but. I'd go down, I'd say, and he'd be down there, and he'd have this little circle saw, and he'd grinning. I'd say, Pop, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. Just piddling. Just piddling. Now, this guy had more of a perspective on the world than anybody in my family because he knew how to piddle. Do you know how to piddle? You know how to just tinker? Where's your tinkering place? What do you tinker with? What? Where is there a time when you step back from trying to do the colossal stuff? When you step back from doing the necessary stuff, stuff that only you can do. Where is a place that you can do that? Moms, you need to get out of the home every once in a while. You, at, least once, at least once a week. You just need to go to a rest, resting place. Get, get, just some place where you're not doing anything colossal because if you're home, there's going to be lonely. There's going to be... And dads, you need the same thing. You're, oh, I've got to fix this. I gotta, and, and then you, well, you've got to get out of your job. Quit taking your phone everywhere for crying out loud. You've got to get out. Quit, you're not indispensable. Leave your beeper for crying out loud and just go to a place where you can tinker. Where is your tinkering place? Where do some people tinker in the garden? They're not inactive, but they kind of like pulling the weeds and smelling the flower and spraying the aphids. And they <laughs> watch them drop off. It's not, it's not world shattering, but it just makes a little progress. Some people like to fish. Just, that's their piddling place. They just go out and piddle. And they catch fish and they'll eat it, but they don't, I mean, it's not going to change the world either way. Some people like to do crossword puzzles, you know? It's just a, it's just a piddling activity. You're learning. Some people like to read. They're learning. But it's not earth-shattering. It's just a way to enjoy the world, to enjoy the world. Some people like to walk on the beach. And just they'll stop and build a, build a, a something or other. I don't know. And, and they just, where's your tinkering place? You've got to have a time every week where you take time off and let God run the deal. You've got to have a time where you're not trying to do anything colossal. That's in here. 
that's in here. And if God did it for us, we need to follow up with it. Now, the reason that we need to do that is because we were pre-made to wear out. You know that? We were pre-made not to be an inexhaustible source of energy and not to be able to complete everything without a break. We were made to be empty for two reasons. Number one, so that we can learn that we can depend upon God. And number two, so that we can reorient our perspective. Let me show you something. In Mark chapter 2, it says, well, in Mark chapter 2, verse 23 through 27, it says this. And it came about that he was passing through the grain fields. This is talking about Jesus. On the Sabbath... And his disciples began to make their way along, picking heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, See here, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? You see, by this time, the Pharisees have made up 39 things you can't do on the Sabbath. 39 things that are work that you're not allowed to do. And one of them is picking grain because that's harvesting. But they were hungry. And it says this, and Jesus said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need? There's the key word. And became hungry. He and his companions, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abathar the high priest and ate the consecrated bread. <laughs> I'm, I'm having some memories here. Uh, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priests. And he gave it also to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man. Not man for the Sabbath. In other words, we need this. We run out of stuff. We thirst for that deep kind of rest. We just sang, I thirst for you, O Lord. Now sometimes we don't, we don't recognize that, that the depth of our emptiness and we try to fill it in with other stuff ain't going to do it. Uh, many people, when you ask them, what do you do for fun? They'll go shopping. I go shopping. As a matter of fact, there are, listen to this. I just read this this week. There are 4 billion square feet of, of, of property dedicated to malls in this country. I used to worry, hey, there's going to be way too many, to pop, way too many people for the, for the country. I mean, we're going to overpopulate it. There is enough mall space right now. For every man, woman, child, and baby to have their own 16 feet of mall space. <laughs> That's how captive we are with acquiring stuff. We, we consume twice as much today as we did 40 years ago. Twice as much. Who can use that much stuff? And, and Gallup says, this is interesting to me, that... that all the national polls calculating happiness or contentment reached their peak in 1957, and they've been declining ever since, about 40 years. Isn't that interesting? So what, what we do, though, what we do is we try to fill it up with stuff that's really not going to reach our spiritual deprivation, our emotional deprivation. You can't buy, I mean, it, make, it makes you good to buy a new shirt or a new dress. It makes you feel good to buy a new shirt or a new dress. But you're not going to really reach deep and replenish your soul with a dress. You're, you're really not going to renew your mind. 
You're really not going to replenish your body with that thing. No. God made it so that we would need to take a break. We would need to get with him. We would need to realize the reason that we feel so pushed and so harried and so overcome is, first of all, we don't give ourselves time to replenish, refresh. Uh, um, um, I love the, the, uh, uh, the uh, curriculum this week when they were talking about Elijah. Remember old Elijah? He had this ongoing battle with Jezebel. And man, they ran this guy out of town. They were chasing him. And, and, and of course, he got, he got really, in a, really depressed, really discouraged. And, and I don't know if this happens to you. When you're really in the battle in the thick of things, you start, to, you start to believe you're out there all alone. You're the only one in a battle. And you go into this, nobody knows the trouble I've seen song. Oh, Lord, only me. Nobody knows. And, and you go into, and, and, and I love the children's curriculum this week because it says, you know what Elijah needed? He just needed a nap. <laughs> I love that. It's true. It's true. You know, you have little kids where you, they start getting all cranky. go, mm, somebody needs a nap, you know. You know God does the same thing when you get cranky. He does. He's like, oh, somebody needs a nap. You know? Get a nap. Get something to eat. You got to rest up here. You think, you, you think, oh, I'm dysfunctional. No, you just need a little more sleep. You got you to get, get replenished. You got to rest in the arms of God. You got to let him take care of stuff here. The world can run without you or I very well. And we just got to kind of hand over the general managership of the universe to where it belongs. And some people just get so cranky and they think that they're, they're having an emotional breakdown. No, eat some chocolate. You'll feel better. <laughs> it's a dietary thing, you know? Or probably not chocolate because that'll take you right down again, but, but something, you know? Apples, whatever. Just, you, but you gotta eat. Your grandmother was right. Eat. <laughs> I used to walk to my grandmother's house. She'd read the whole menu. I'd get, this is what I have in my freezer, you know? Read the whole menu. Eat. You got to do that. Jesus took a break. Uh, I mean, the Bible says he kept going away and being all by himself. You know why? Because people wore him out. Do people wear you out? Come in, get away. You got to do that. You got to do, moms, you got to do that with kids. You got to, <laughs> hello. You got you to get somebody else just to take a little break. And, and I know as you take the break, all you'll be able to do is think of them. I know that. But you still got to have the break. And, 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 and you got to take a break from, from some of the relationships that drink. you got to do that. And you got to do that not only for your punishment, but for your perspective. This is so important. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28. Verse 28. Jesus says this. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. You'll find rest for your souls. That's how deep weariness goes. It goes clear down to our souls. And you know when you're in a yoke with Christ, guess who's doing the pulling? Christ is. Guess who's doing the directing? Christ is. Guess who doesn't have to worry about which way you're going? You know, you don't have to worry about that. Christ is the one who you're yoked with here. 
So you just got to get in and rest up. You got to get this new perspective. When you don't step back and when you don't step back for a significant period of time, the world looks so much bigger than it is. You know what I learned this week? I read this this week. An ostrich's eye is bigger than its brain. <laughs> They're just not smart animals. You know? That's why they keep sticking their head in the sand, thinking the troubles are going to go away. They're just not smart. But I started thinking, people aren't much different. When you look at something long enough, your eye will be bigger than your brain. I mean, it'll, I, mean I know this happens with men when they're looking at women. You start looking at a woman long enough, your brain shrinks up, your eyes get over. It's true. It's true. That's why men do stupid stuff. Their brain going away. But it happens, with, it happens with problems, too. You look at a problem long enough, you look at the details long enough, it starts to look huge. And your brain shrinks up. And you think, well, and then, and then you think, well, I just got to, I got to, I got to, I haven't got this size right. I, I've got to, I've got to think about it a little bit more. I've got to put a little bit more energy into it. If I just think about it long enough, it'll come. No, it won't. The problem's getting bigger and you're getting more uh, um, 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 overwhelmed. You know why great, great ideas come to you when you're in the shower and you're not thinking about anything? Because that's why they come to you. Because you took a break for crying out loud and it dawned on you. Oh, hey, that's a great thought. I'll write that down, you know. It's because you needed the break. You need that kind of perspective. Because when, you're, when you look at something, keep looking at it, and you keep looking at a person. Oh, if I just stick with them a little longer, if I stick with them a little closer, I can say, no, man, take a break. Take a break. If God neither slumbers nor sleeps, you know what that means? That means you can. That means somebody's developing the world besides you. It's very important to understand. Orlando talked last night about a friend of his who goes mountain climbing. I thought this was a good illustration. You know, when you're really good at this stuff, I mean, you, you, you can go, I mean, straight up a sheer rock. And, you're, and, and lots of times you're, you're uh, hanging on by your fingernails. And, and when you're doing this, of course, you, there's a little eyelet that goes in the rock right above you that you put your rope through that's around your waist, the, the the, uh, is that pylon? Is that what that's called? And you put the rope through there. But he says, this friend, when, when he's just hanging by his fingernails and, and the wind's starting to blow and you feel like you're going to fall, he says, every instinct you have is I got to get closer to the rock. You know, I got Even though I can't see exactly where to put my hands, I got to get closer to the rock. But he says, what a mountain climber knows is he's got to shove off. He's got to trust that rope because if he can't get more perspective than that, he won't see the next ledge up. He won't see to swing off here and to grab something that's available over here that is not available right in front of them. Listen, it is very important that you understand that if you're not making progress, every instinct in you is to get closer to it, to cling closer. But what the right thing is to do is to trust the rope. God's got this under control. You've got to push out. You've got to get his perspective on things. You've got to get a broader perspective. You've got to take a break from that thing. Very important. William Wilberforce was, was one of the great um, um, moral leaders of England. And for 20 years, he fought for the abolition of slavery. 
For 20 years, he tried to get through Parliament and finally succeeded a bill that would outlaw slavery. You can imagine how weary he was, how many battles he had been through. But yet he wrote in his journal this, I praise Almighty God for the Sabbath, wherein all earthly things assume their proper size and ambition is stunted. In other words, things don't look so big and I can quit trying to be God. That is so important. And unless we rest, and unless we rest in Him, our problems will become more overwhelming and we will become less efficient. But it's not just about productivity. It's also about fellowship. If you read the commandment for the Sabbath in the Ten Commandments, it's in, it's in uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 9 um, and 10. It says this, Six days you shall labor. Now, some of you need to hear that part. <laughs> I mean, Sabbath is fine, but you've got to work to, to, you know, really get the full benefit of this thing. Some of you got the Sabbath down, you know, but... <laughs> But you need a little bit more. The six days you shall labor. That's, that's also in the Ten Commandments. And do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. And in it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male or female servant or your cattle or, your, or the sojourner that stays with you. In other words, this isn't just an individual thing. This is a group thing. Consider that not, God not only wants to refresh you for greater progress by leisure, not just rest. Bugs rest. They don't have leisure. Leisure is this broader picture, taking in the big picture, getting a different perspective. But it's not just about productivity. It's about relationships. Because we are made, it says in the great, great commandment, for two purposes. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and your neighbors yourself. If we're going to take a Sabbath, then we can make progress in both of those. Because we can not only use it to rest, we can, we can use it to, to, to appreciate those around us in ways that we can You know, you can't. You cannot get true intimacy with somebody without goofing off with them. You know that? You can work with them, but unless the work is filled with laughter, unless the work says, hey, we're not God at this thing, but it sure is kind of fun working together, you're not going to have intimacy. We were made like that. We were made that leisure was necessary for intimacy. That's why we eat together all the time. That's why, that's why, that's why there's a banquet in heaven. You think we're going to need food in heaven? we got spiritual bodies in heaven. What, that, the imagery here is it's fun to eat together. Ah, we, we like that. And so, and so the point here is that our values go down to our relationships, not just our productivity. Not just our productivity. When, in, in, a, in a Gallup poll, Gallup said this in, in, a, in a, um, uh, a survey as to what was most highly value, valued in this com- country. This really shocked me. Number one most highly valued thing in this country, family. 
Number two most highly valued thing, doing good for society. Can you believe that? Number three, health, not a surprise. Number four, morals. Can you believe that? Really shocking. 26 out of 28. I mean, in 26th place was getting stuff for yourself. So that's way down in what we value. What we really value are relationships. You know why? Because we were made for that. And so part of our leisure is spending it with the right people. I, wherever Becky is, that's my leisure. And I don't want to do leisure without her. As a matter of fact, if I'm without her, that's not really leisure for me. There's, there's a relationship there that is absolutely, um, incredibly renewing to me. We still date all the time. We don't have a date night. We sneak away. We, we sit in a, in a parking lot after a church meeting and make out. No, we, uh, <laughs> I just thought about that. That's pretty, probably a pretty good idea. But, but I, when we take a day off, you know, except for we, we, maybe every once in a while we'll spend it with friends because we got, we've, we've got some friends. But, but frankly, I don't want to be with anybody else. I just want to hang out with Becky because we have the most fun together. And just absolutely, that is part of leisure. But you know what? There's also an aspect the same as important for God. You see, we were meant to build up our relationship with God. The Sabbath isn't just for our rest, and the Sabbath isn't just for our relationships. The Sabbath is for our relationship with God because He knew we would need it, and we need a significant period of time. It's not doing a Bible study. It's not doing it. It's, it's resting in God. It's appreciating with God over a significant period of time, one out of seven days, that we do this. That's what Beck and I do most of the time when we're together for that day. We just talk about God, how, go, how good God is, how good he's been, what he's doing. It's just great. Let me give you, let me give you a, 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 just a, a metaphor, and, and then I'll quit. We were not made to be at home in this world. I hope you realize this. Augustine says, our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. We were made to be citizens of heaven. That's why we were made. And that's why, that's why we seem like such aliens down here. We were not made for this world. When I was watching this, this microcosmos movie with Beck, there was this fascinating water spider. And a water spider is made for surface, but that's not where he lives. doesn't live in all the fresh air. He lives in the water. But what he does is he goes to the surface periodically and somehow attached to his body is that air. And he takes it in and he goes under the surface and he builds a bubble. And then he'll go back up, get a little bit more air, come back down, expand his bubble. And, and he'll live down there and he'll eat in there. And when the bubble starts getting stale, he'll go back up, get some more air, come back down, build his bubble. I want to tell you that's a perfect image for what we do on a Sabbath. We go to heaven, say, God, I was made for this. I'm living down there, though. I'm going to take a little bit of this back and just kind of build a kingdom. And I know it'll get stale. I'll be back. And I know it's not forever, but it's just where you got me living right now. 
Thanks for the Sabbath. Pray with me. God, thanks that you made us to wear out so that we would need you and come back to you. Help us to realize you are who we need. That we thirst for the Lord and anything less will not renew our minds or our spirits or even our bodies. Help us to push back. We've been working hard and we've got some overwhelming things in our lives, but help us not to cling closer to them, but to trust you more. Give us the perspective we need as we rest in you and help us while we rest to love better both those you've given us to love and you. Give us that piece of heaven. We can come back down here and build our bubble a little bit bigger while we live here. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you please stand for the benediction? Let me ask the prayer team to come forward. Again, every service, we always want to invite you to come receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you are not sure that He is your Savior, if you're not sure that you have a place in heaven, then we want to invite you forward to make sure you can be sure today. And if it's in your heart, you need to do that. You, you swim upstream. Some people say, why do you have people swim? That's so tough to get down there to those prayer teams to receive Christ. Well, I just matter of perspective here, if you, haven't got, if you haven't got the determination to come down and pray to receive Christ, you're not going to have the determination to live it out there. It's rough out there. So we're just challenging you. If this is in your heart, you know you need Christ, and you want that forgiveness forever and to be a citizen of the kingdom of God forever, then you come down and pray with them. And, and let me also invite some of you I know are going through real rough times. I mean, you're in the thick of the battle. And, and you say, okay, Hunter, you told me to rest, and, and, but I need somebody to, to help me transfer this thing to God. Now, then come down, and they'll help you transfer that thing to God. All right? Now, before we leave, remember there's a, there's a, a, a guest, a get acquainted room around the corner. Uh, let me remind us all of this, that we go from this place in the name of God the Father, and of God the Son and of God the Holy Spirit to be salt and light in this world. And one of the best ways we can do that is to take enough time with God while we're out there to have our light brightened and our salt become more salty. In His name, amen.